Hello, and <laughs> welcome to episode... 125. Of... Reviews from the Crawl Space. You are... Vicky. I am... Douglas. Welcome. <laughs> oh, God, I passed that test. Yeah, you had no idea. I don't discuss things with you at all when we start these. I just do I those. wondered what you were going to do today. <laughs> you always got some up your short sleeve. <laughs> Something up my butt. Uh... Well, welcome to the to the podcast, and uh, uh, follow us if you want supplemental materials for free. Check out <laughs> on Instagram reviews from the crawl space as one one word. Find us there. We post what we're working on now, like all the album covers. So you can see what we're talking going on about. Uh, links to past all the past episodes are there, and same thing for Twitter at rftcs1. And there we post a little more uh, other kind of like general music stuff that we enjoy. Uh, and links to our <clears throat> our very lovely uh, playlist on Spotify. Uh, we just call it RFTCS Radio. And right now that's where our, you can follow along. We keep that up to date. And it's it's curated from everything that we've listened to. Plus, so it's like it's like 95% of stuff we've listened to. Plus we've thrown in some extra songs to kind of like. Yeah, just a to few fill, Just a couple, just to fill it out a little bit. But yeah. Those songs, those filler songs aren't necessarily as important now because I think their list is up to like 630 songs. Yeah, I'm not surprised. So it's not quite as necessary as it was before. But yeah, it's really... Yeah, we've listened to it um, on a couple of road trips up island the last little while. And um, I've only there's only been one song that we've come across that I've, I said, did we review this album? Yeah. <laughs> so we've listened to it for like hours and hours and hours on end. So yeah, it's, it's very good. So check check that out out as well. Yeah, it is a good playlist if I do say so. So what do we have today? Alrighty, today we have on episode one twenty five, we have another Pink Floyd album uh, called Metal. Uh, another Vassar Clement album called Vassar Clements. Mm-hmm. And another album by Marianne Faithful, Broken English. Ooh. Right, got so it. So there we go. All right, so revisiting some, continuing, continuing on with some of these because we well, we'll get into it. It's something we look actually we're kind of looking forward to was the Broken English album. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, and the other interesting thing too is that all three albums we've listened to. Uh, this week we've reviewed artists prior. Yeah, that, yeah, and that's, that's like a little bit of that is what I mean as well. Which doesn't yeah. happen very often. No, I agree. It's totally, I agree with that. And it's not just that we've reviewed them maybe once. Well, in, in Marianne Faithful's case, it's just and just once. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure we've done uh, no, just one, just other, one other ones. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. So you're right. Okay. Anyways, yeah. But Pink Floyd. This is our seventh. Yeah, this is our seventh Pink Floyd album. And final the collection. I know that for a fact. Okay. Uh, it's not that because I've gone through it. I just know that. We've listened to all the albums. Though. Okay. Yeah. So, um, the other albums that we have reviewed, The Wall from 1979, mm-hmm. episode 124 on Anchor, The Final Cut, 1983, we have it in episode 112 on Anchor, Amagama from 1969, episode 73 on Anchor, uh, Animals uh, from 1977, episode 63 on Anchor, A Nice Pair um number 53 from 1974 sorry <laughs> uh from episode 53 on anchor and the dark side of the moon we did way back in the beginning yeah the very beginning uh it's on youtube episode 27 Ooh. 
early on. Very bit of a different format back then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is so much better. This is yeah. Well, this is a lot more. Well, you would do it. We do it long enough, but yeah, it's a lot more methodical yeah. than before. Well, uh, and easier to pump out episodes too. Yes. We'd so. still be back on probably episode fifty by now. Oh, I don't even want to think <laughs> about it. <laughs> I would have burnt my computer. Have it? I would have smashed it to a million pieces trying to do renders every every week. <laughs> yeah. Fifteen times each. Yeah. Okay, so Pink Floyd, an English rock band formed in 1964, one of the first British psychedelic groups known for their extended compositions, sonic experimentation, philosophical lyrics, and elaborate live shows, cited by some as the greatest progressive rock band of all time. Metal is their sixth studio album. The album was produced between bands, between the band's touring commitments from January to August of 1971, hmm. at a series of locations around London, including Abbey Road Studios. Yeah, Abbey, yeah. Uh, now that's important because Abbey Road Studio was one of the only studios around that had an eight-track, eight-track mul multi-track multi yeah. recording device, which will come in a little bit later. Uh, with no materials to work with and no clear idea of an album direction, the band devised a series of novel experiments, which eventually inspired the album's signature track, Echoes. Although the band's later albums would be unified by a central theme with yeah. lyrics written entirely by Roger Waters. Yeah, very much concept albums. So. Metal was a group effort with lyrical contributions from each member and is considered a transitional album between the Sid Barrett-influenced group of the late 60s and the Waters led era um, coming up. The album was well received by critics upon its release in October of 1971 and was commercially successful in the UK, hmm. but had lackluster publicity on the part of the band's American label, which was Capitol Records, yeah. which led to poor sales there upon its release. So as mentioned, yeah. they used several experimental methods in an attempt to spur the creative process. One exercise involved each member playing on a separate track on this aforementioned eight-track multi-track uh, with no reference to what the others were doing. The tempo was entirely random while the band played around on an agreed chord structure and mood such as first two minutes romantic, next two up-tempo. <laughs> each recorded session was named, but the process was unproductive with no completed songs created. No, they had what a, they, a waste of time. And right? they had a bunch of it, they had a bunch of uh, material, and they kept naming it like waste of or waste of time or waste <laughs> of space, son of waste of time, just like all of this. And like you said, then they just ended up chucking it all out. Yeah, I think they did that before one of the albums as well. Yeah, it seems to me that uh, animals. I think maybe as well. They went and they created a bunch of just like noises and pots and pans banging together and shit. Oh, and but I think that some of that made it to an album. Probably, probably yeah. animals, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, they did something similar there, so it's kind of interesting that they did like these two albums. This one and animals seem to be kind of similar that way. So eventually, they did do some more experimentation, yeah. and you know, like they got the ping sounds from the uh, organ. And, yeah, we'll do yeah various loops. And, you know, and and that kind of screwing around ended up being echoes. Yeah, the entire one side of the album. Yeah, and they can only do they can only replicate that sound at one studio. They had it set up. It was like loop through an amp. 
and a delay or something. Yeah, and they had backward, the pedals were something had to go backwards. Yeah, and it just it created this sound, and then when they took it to Abbey Road, they couldn't reproduce the sound, so they ended up having to do echoes, entirely echoes, in, in a different studio. Yeah, in that other studio, yeah, yeah. which I didn't mention because it didn't have the eight-track, multi-track. Ex- exactly, yeah. I was talking about, but yeah, they did it in two studios. Yeah. Uh, the album went to number three in the UK, number 70 in the US, it was voted number 255 on Colin Larkin's all-time top 1,000 albums in the year 2000. Is, is that a book? You should buy that book. No, we, it's a list. Oh, okay. There is a book. Because we reference it so often. Yeah, there is a book. It's called The 1001 Albums That You Need to Listen to Before You Die. Okay. There's a whole bunch of different lists and things that uh, a more, lot of these albums We need more of these are. kinds of books, yes. Uh, producer, Pink Floyd. Track listing, uh, Side A. One of These Days, mm-hmm. A Pillow of Winds, Fearless, Saint-Tropez, and Seamus. And side B is Strictly Echoes. Mm, 23 minutes of echo. The runtime on the album, 46 minutes, 48 seconds. Yeah. If there's anything else I need. Oh, for context, mm-hmm. the before album was Adam Hart Mother, yep. released in 1970, and the after album was called Obscured by Clouds released in 1972 and i really think that um, maybe not obscured by cloud obscured by cloud might not be in here um but adam hart mother for me I, it's funny i never even thought about obscured by obscured by clouds but i was gonna say adam hart mother is the only album missing mm. out, out of the collection i think but now that you say obscured by clouds it's like oh shit i don't remember that one mm. So we might run across another no there i know that there's no more in there no, no i would remember adam hart mother's album cover is pretty iconic when you see it so now so I, you'd remember seeing yeah. it in it and, and you know what if, I, if i'm wrong that'd, that'd be great yeah yeah it would be, be. really cool <laughs> yeah because i was kind of looking over their discography and i wondered you know there still are a few on there that we haven't seen yeah uh but i think we've covered the, no, the bulk of the, bulk really of the real stuff yeah yeah and the rest of it might be shit that occurred after you know the final cut and you're kind of into pink floyd yeah. Roger Waters. Well, then it wasn't. Wasn't it just at that point? Wasn't it actually just Gilmore and, and Mason and stuff that yes. went off and did it. So yeah, yeah and then then eventually, then switched, yeah, he but. switched back. Um, there were two singles uh, released off of this. One of these days slash fearless. Hmm. That were released off this album. Okay, good combination. Mm-hmm. Great songs. Yeah, um, so what did you think? This is this is your first time listening to this album, which always fucking blows my mind when we get to albums that you've never actually listened to. Yeah, I know Echoes because well, our, yeah. our friend's band plays it. Yeah, you, you, know, the, the, the yeah, you know the song, but you don't so know. So I know the song. Yeah. But no, I've never heard this album. So then talk about it. I liked it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like, I agree. I liked it. It's an amazing and it, album. It's, like, for me, it's typical Pink Floyd, and one of the reasons that I love them is... You know, this album kind of falls into the category with. Some well, of their is there like it's, yeah, you, like you said, you're shifting shifting away from the Sid Barrett era, which is fine with me. But man, this is like they're perfect. Echoes is the perfect prog rock song. Is there? I don't know if there's too many more perfect uh, perfect examples of prog rock than than fucking Echoes, and it's mm. just it's so good. And one of the things that they, Pink Floyd always does really well too is layers, layers and texture. In their music, and this 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 has got all kinds of it. Like one of these days, and I feel like uh, pillow of winds. Like all the they have sounds of the winds, and 
They're doing different Seamus things. Seamus is the dog barking. The, 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 the dog barking, which was actually just the dog barking to the music they yeah, were playing. Yeah. And, um, you know, you have to, them doing different things with the bass. Like, in one of these days, to get that that, that sound, iconic kind of bass sound is actually both Waters and Gilmore playing the bass at the same time through these different amps. So that's why you kind of get that, that, almost like that double reverb. Yeah. It's just, like, there's so many cool things going on uh, sonically that it's... And for me, this is... Uh, this is why I wanted you to go about it first and talk about it because for me I love I listened to this I used to spin this as a as a kid like this was definitely one I fucking absolutely loved like one of these days and flip it over and then just let it go with echoes like, oh definitely yeah I, well and and this even though this little uh, exercise in creativity never worked out for them there certainly is a lot of creative things going on in this album this and was, experimental because all four of them were contributing things all yeah. four of them were in on it it wasn't just oh shit what's what's roger handing down to yeah. us it's yeah. like they were all in on it and they're allowed to like really just stretch their legs in this album and that's not to say it's a perfect album because uh, you say uh Seamus yeah is eh, uh, there's a couple of songs and san don't really fit it's kind of weird because there's a lot there's a lot of hate for Seamus out there um and people really hated it because it doesn't, because it, it really doesn't belong on the album. But to me, it kind of does because they're like palate cleansers. Yeah. Because without those kind of weird, kind uh, odd breaks, it would just be like a solid block of this essentially one song from from um, one of these days into uh, a pillow of winds and a fearless. Like it could be just one can echoes, and not to say the exact same song, but it's just it's very very similar. So you have to have these breaks. The, the breaks aren't the greatest songs. But, well, um, and I really think that they just set out what they started out trying to do, mm-hmm. is to be experimental, experimental. do just something do some, a little bit different. Let it flow in. And yeah. those songs, like San Tropez and Seamus, kind of, that's what they are. Yeah. So yeah, that's plunges, the way that yeah. they fit to the album. Maybe not sound-wise, but the, the fact that they're experimental. Theme-wise, yeah, yeah. They don't quite fit as well, but I think that they are serve a purpose, though. To break to break it up because well, if you I didn't mean, have that. Yeah, echoes just like. <laughs> it's just not ping. It's just like ooh, gets a goosebumps just yeah. hearing that ping. It's like it, okay. It's just so. It's like here we go. <laughs> yeah. And what's kind of cool about this? Uh, we've talked about this before in other albums and Pink Floyd albums as well. Because I, I mentioned this during um, the Wall, is that you know on this vinyl because I played this vinyl so much that, especially as a kid, like listening to it again, sitting down here those spots in the album where it's worn differently or it pops and hits like all that shit it's just like it brings back so many memories of sitting there let's say it's weird and uh kind of i'm gonna say overwhelming but it's a very strong sensation and it's just so weird that it happens from something as simple of placement of hiss and pop on a vinyl yeah not even the, that's but, not the music but itself that's how intimately you know this album yeah i mean you know it's little pops and hisses yeah, and yeah, yeah. you enjoyed it a lot when you were a kid so Definitely. i can see why it kind of those got played a lot, triggers man. those those memories yeah when the, when the guys used to come over back in the day that this was definitely in the stack of final that got played yeah i'm not surprised so. <laughs> not surprised at all so yeah it's uh i'm just gonna move it because that's kind of on my notes now so um so yeah i've mentioned the songs a trillion the, the three that are obviously one of these days fearless echoes uh, frog rock perfection um layered audio strong mix there's one thing i really really liked about the pink floyd and there's quite a few of them out there they they have a, a strong low end when those when the bass lines even with this worn album when 
you have it there turned up and it's going to kick in on like one of these days and you can feel that and hit that bass like yeah something that's missing from probably about half these vinyls and it really it makes a huge difference and I, I appreciate that shit so yeah it's a very full sound very, full sound, yeah. Yeah, very robust like you say layered yeah. um and it just yeah it's just that's the way music should be mm-hmm. well and i like like for me the other thing i like that they're all contributing to this it's not just yeah. one person's vision that everybody else has got to come on board with so yeah definitely no i enjoyed it and it's like like i said it reminds me very much of uh it kind of fits together well with animals animals and adam heart mother just like the three of them kind of seem to be like almost like a trilogy on their own thing and then it kind of shifts again to like dark side then you get to like the, the bigger more operatic kind of like yeah, yeah. dark the side in the wall themed yeah yeah the concept bigger concept yeah yeah i did know jack shit about uh you know i thought i did but i don't know jack shit about pink floyd until we started doing this podcast and listening, listening to pink floyd <laughs> to all the different yeah because i was only exposed to whatever was on the radio I don't think that I owned any of their uh, Dark oh, Side. You probably own Dark. Yeah, I probably own Dark Side, but yeah. I don't think that I owned any others. So for me, it's uh, and we've talked about this a lot throughout this podcast. A wake up call to a band who I've learned to just totally love and embrace. Yeah, yeah, that you were like you're around and aware and going to concerts and stuff at that time. But yeah, you were just like you no. never consumed them at all, other than like you said, it was there. And to me, that's so it's so odd because you're missing out. Well, like you say, you you missed out on so much of their... Because my dad was a jazz musician, I probably knew more about jazz. Jazz, yeah. At that point in time, Dave sense. Brubeck. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I could go on and list Maynard Ferguson. Yeah. I yeah. could list a whole bunch of people, and I probably knew more and had more exposure to that kind of stuff. I had an aunt who was a couple of years older than me mm-hmm. who listened to some of this. But for some reason, it never really seeped over into my world. Mm-hmm. So to have it all now, uh, I'm grateful for it because it's yeah. opened me up to a lot of of different um, artists and people that I knew of but didn't really know. And yeah. that's an awesome thing. No, excellent. And yeah, it's uh, for me too, it's just from the, the music history standpoint of you know, we can see where a lot of what we listen to now, where the influences lie and like the, the line, the, the, the path of evolution it takes. You know, we have a lot of heavy prog rock kind of uh, instrumental stuff. And, you know, I can see directly where that stuff is, where we listen to it today, the bands that descend from that. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty interesting stuff. And uh, I'm glad you got to listen to it because, like I said, it's one of my favorites. And well, and even even today's music, you know, uh, you've opened my eyes to so many different prog groups and mm. um, stuff that I never would have even considered listening to when I was younger. Just that <laughs> I absolutely have just like glommed onto and thought. Well, I mean, everything in its time, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. I totally agree. You with weren't that. ready. You couldn't handle it. <laughs> I couldn't handle the truth. Would have broken your brain. <laughs> <laughs> so metal, Pink Floyd, Harvest Records, catalog, S M A S dash eight three two. Uh, Canada, the uh, this is a reissue, a gatefold, and a reissue. I don't know the year of this reissue that we have here. Uh, the condition, the covers, I have fair. Uh, you can read the spine, but there's there's wear and mm-hmm. there's some damage in the corners. Yeah. Uh, but um, heavy, it's just heavy wear in the front in particular. So yeah, it's she's been around. It's what I like to call well listened. 
The sleeve is just plain paper. The vinyl's in good condition. It's well played, like I said, and a tiny bit dirty, but there's no scratches and no scuffs that impede its play at all. I mean, the audio, you get some, some pops and hisses aside, but as we've discussed, the mix on here is still, it's still excellent. It sounds fucking really good. And I actually kind of, this has come up later on in one of the other albums too, I kind of prefer this to uh, the, some of the remasters that are, the mix of this than some of the remasters that are out there. So, uh, where are we at here? Um, <clears throat> so, the album cover, Hypnosis, and Pink Floyd, but Hypnosis. Uh, photography, both inner and outer, by Hypnosis, and the, oh, sorry, the inner is by Hypnosis, and the outer by Bob Dowling. So, <clears throat> if you listened to the show before at all, Hypnosis, owner of your dreams and all your iconic album cover <laughs> images, and UK art, art house production, uh, Sorry, UK art house producing many iconic album covers, particularly in the 70s and 80s. 437 credits on the show previously with Pink Floyd's Amagama, Dark Side, A Nice Pair, Bad Company's Bad Company, Led Zeppelin's Presence, Alan Parsons' Project I, Ro I Robot, Alan Parsons' Project Eve, UFO No Place to Run, Bad Co's Rough Diamonds, and Led Zepp's Houses of the Holy. And that's just a quick spin through. I, I could probably literally find more that they've oh, done in this collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is wild, wild stuff. Yes. Um, so they're good friends of the show. I'm not going to go into more than that because oh, we've talked about them so we'll be much. Here all but, day. but I would then, there's, they actually have as well a couple of uh, books out there that I would like to grab, you know, like the history of the best covers of hypnosis. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then it would go into the talk about the production of it. Fuck, you know the other, other album that's missing here from Pink Floyd? There's no uh, uh, Wish You Were Here. Yeah. Yeah, so there are some gaps in this collection. No Out of Heart Mother, no Wish You Were Here. Huh. That's a real bummer. That's also... <laughs> I think it was a... Oh, yeah. And I don't want to get into it. And I'm, now I'm sad that's not here. <laughs> well, we'll listen to it on Spotify. Yeah, on, on one of them streaming. We'll check out Tidal, maybe. But we'll see. Yeah. Uh, so, Bob... Uh, UK Photog, 13 visual credits, including Eddie Boyd, a band called Chicken Shack, and um, other Floyd stuff, Momentary Lapse of Reason, Adam Hart Mother, and there was one other one, but I didn't write it down, so that's fine. It's probably one of the ones we don't care about. Chicken Shack, isn't that where we get our occasional takeout? Get our... <laughs> <laughs> that's weird, a band called Chicken Shack. Oh, oh, I like that. It's bad. It's their manager needs to change that. Um, I, uh, just a bit of a note here. So Storm Thor Thorgerson, uh, who's one of three founding members of Hypnosis, originally suggested to the band, or originally suggested an up-close photo of a baboon's anus to the band. Unhappy with, this, uh, with the idea, the band called him up while on tour and told him they hated it, and that they would rather have an ear underwater. So that's what Storm did. The cover is an ear underwater. <laughs> Um, it's an ear underwater with the ripples in place of sound waves. Um, overall, storm, <laughs> overall storm and hypnosis were never happy with the final result, and they felt like they let the band down and did a real half-assed job. Well, is, was, is this before? This probably before their falling out, obviously. Yeah, yeah. This is like, yeah. It was just like he was kind of. I guess he was just kind of like, fine. They, this is what they want, and I'll give it to them. And then it was all to like they were like, oh shit, that was not great and the problem with this but cover somebody still approved it yeah the band did um it, you can't tell on here because no. on this cover 
it's been edited down. They've cropped the image way out so you can't see that there was an ear there. Yeah, and it's but just you can't see the little bits of sound wave. The ripples, yeah, yeah. in the water. So they, I don't know why they changed it afterwards because the with the ear being there, at least it made some some sense, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, so it's been changed for this version. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Okay. All right. I gave it 4.5 out of 5. Uh, pricing. Oh, shit, yeah. Uh, Discogs, A for Sale from four ninety nine. Uh, it's been rated four point six seven out of five with nine people rating. Resale value five ninety nine, seventeen oh six, and twenty two eighteen. Okay, I know when I first type this in, because there's a couple of different versions of this, and I always end up going by the runout numbers. And the first 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 version I put in there was seventy five dollars. Oh wow! And it's like oh, I was like, tell my parents, oh, it's worth seventy five. And then I actually go by the round, like the the runout numbers or the proper stamp numbers, and it's like, oh no, I finally found it. And it's like, oh, I lied. <laughs> it's worth twenty dollars. <laughs> well, you anywhere. didn't lie. You were just mistaken. Um, yeah. So to go, what you were saying, yeah, four point five for me as well. Okay. Uh, def must own, must listen. I just don't give the full five because of those two kind of yeah, and that's kind of what I did wonky too. songs. I mean, they're they're necessary, I think, but it, they are kind of wonky. So I, I four point five. Okay. Fantastic. Pink Floyd down. Uh, there. And also, I have to say, uh, also welcome to the machine. Or sorry, wish you were here. Also, is my probably out of all the Floyd stuff, my favorite Floyd covers. Um, if you guys were wondering which one, it's the two business guys standing like the movie studio, and they're like they're oh, shaking like, hands, and on one dude's on fire. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's fantastic. Okay, so this is this is not Pink Floyd. This is Buster Clubbits. Pardon me. <laughs> Just even thought, thinking of it makes me. <laughs> uh, Vassar Clements, Vassar Clements. So this is our second uh, Vassar Clements album. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one was Hillbilly Jazz, released Ooh. in 1974, and it was on episode 34, and it's on SoundCloud. Yeah. Okay. That's so right. We're covering yeah. all the That's right. The things yeah. today. Good wow. Okay, so Vassar Clements was an American jazz, swing, and bluegrass fiddler, also known as the father of hillbilly jazz. Um, an improvis improv improvisational there you go, improvisational. There you go, style that blends and borrows from swing, hot jazz, and bluegrass, with roots also in country and other musical traditions. It's got a lot going on. Uh, he was born in Florida, taught himself to play the fiddle when he was seven, uh, and soon joined two of his cousins in a string band. By the time he was 21, he was heard uh, by someone famous, I can't remember the name, and he was playing at the Grand Ole Opry. Uh, he became a prolific session musician mm -hmm. and record recorded f close to 40 albums on his own. Wow. This album was released in 1975, and his career spanned 50 years. And I would say, too, uh, I don't know if you have that note in here, and I probably might step on your feet a little bit. And this album, too, is, not only was he a session musician, but this album is like a collection of the session musicians of the time that didn't get credit. And there's some, you know, there's some names there. Mm -hmm. So There sure are. Uh, producer, Buddy Killen, uh, 480 produces, producing credits to his name. Okay. Uh, he also did... Joe Tex and Roger Miller. Oh, I those gotcha. are the only two uh -huh. other uh -huh. names Thought that I. I... Get you now, did you? Uh -huh. <laughs> Joe Tex, right? 
Okay. I think so. I think so. That's is that the same guy? Why would he be producing? That's so weird to produce if he's doing Bisexual Meds. Yeah, everybody else on the list, I have no idea. I had never heard of any of them before. So, track listing. <laughs> in the Pines, side A. So, In the Pines, yeah. Peking Fling, Sweet Sassy Breakdown, Long Way Around, Good Woman's Love, side B, Night Train, The Sicily, uh, Me Kid, Mockingbird, and Lonesome Fiddle Blues. Runtime is 34 minutes, 21 seconds. And for context, sure. the before album, Hillbilly Jazz, 1974. And the after album was called Super Bowl, released in 1976. Oh, crazy. So we're kind of actually kind of chronological order. Yeah, for yeah. once, yeah. chronological order. Um, so, yeah, so we were talking about some of the session musicians, Charlie Daniels, uh, and somebody we've covered on the show before, John Hartford. Oh. Uh, there's a bunch of other guys. Uh, those some of those names look familiar, but I don't know where. I mean, obviously from others, but uh, yeah. And from what I read in the trivia, I'm sure that you have this down somewhere as well. That this is back then, such musicians didn't get credit for anything. So this is the first time that people were actually able to see who the and put a name to who they were. Oh wow! They had that's no so idea. Yeah, so that's why they got this the selection of guys that they actually have the names who they are so it's like the first time to get it's like hey and probably got some the, royalties from the album royalties and probably launched some careers doing it this way i mean yeah. they were all very established solo or session guys but this is kind of like putting them out there like hey <laughs> we've got our, our full get my buddies together we're gonna do an album so yeah, that's what kind of what this is yeah that's cool um and the other thing too i will say is that uh i was kind of surprised by it a little bit it, i didn't hate it as much as I thought I would, I'll start off by saying I guess that, that if you're a bluegrass fan and like the fiddle fan, I definitely recommend this album. Yeah, like these guys are fucking good. Yeah, I was gonna say that as long as you know, I'm not a fan of this type of yeah, music I'm, either. Yeah, I'm, nope. But it was um, reasonably enjoyable to listen to. And, and I think it was a fully an instrumental album. There was no singing. Right. So which is pretty cool because that's part of it for me. So it's just the music, and they're all excellent musicians. Yeah, definitely. And they played a variety of music. And it was well produced. Well produced, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was really surprised by the variety. It wasn't just one, you know, twangy country song after another. There was a bunch of different shit. And in fact, I actually recognized a couple of them. Yeah, probably uh, in the pines. You probably in the pines. They recognized Mockingbird. Yeah. And there was one other one in there that they used in Back to the Future. One, I think, when they were playing at the, the Enchantment Under the Sea dance, and the band's up on playing, and they're this. They, oh, wasn't they, it actually Vassar Clements? No, it oh. was. Uh, no, no, no. It was like a. They were like a, a Motown band. Oh, right, oh, right, 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 right. Okay. I'm yeah. trying to think of Motown. I was going to say blues, but that's not right. Yeah. So, and the song from there, so I was kind of surprised, too. Like, yeah, like I said, it's it, it's not bad for me. Yeah. But just because, like, I don't care about fiddles and stuff, you know, bluegrass and stuff. But, you know, if you're a fan, you should probably check this out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Vassar Clements, Vassar Clements. In other words, self-titled album. Yeah. Mercury Records. Uh, one thing I'm, I'm going to say I'm gonna, going to get to, <clears throat> sorry, is that I don't know why they stuck little violins all over this fucking cover. Like this is a this is a choice that they did to produce it. Why? That's a great picture of a He's up there fucking fiddling away. It's a good color. They look like helicopters. And they do. And they stuck them. And it, it looks so ridiculous. Who? who uh, what other artist does that? Jimi Hendrix ain't gonna have little fucking guitars all over his. Yeah, it looks like they just uh, did a 
like a print over top. Yeah, yeah. Of these little hand-drawn fiddles, which actually look like helicopters. They do helicopters. I never even thought it looks like it. looks like you're looking top down on a helicopter. Yeah. Wow, that's so crazy. What a way to screw up a cover. I noticed those things, but I didn't really pay that much attention to them. <laughs> Mercury Records catalog SRM-1-1022. Canada, 1975. It is an original pressing. Uh, the condition, the cover is very good. There's a wear ring. Uh, the spine is readable, and it's got decent corners. It's, it's, it's in, you know, good condition. Solid enough for its age. Uh, sleeve, plain paper. The vinyl's very good. No scratches or scuffs. A little bit dirty, but... And the audio was good. Uh, it was, you know, like you said, well-produced. For what it was, it had a good... Like I said, it has a good mix for this kind of music. You're not going to get the sounds, fucking Pink Floyd, Alan Parsons soundscape with, with the fiddle players, but it sounded good. So I can't complain about that. It could have been way worse. It could have been, could have been a real Laura Branigan up in here, but it was not. <laughs> um, cover. <clears throat> the cover is by AGI. A photo by Henry Diltz. AGI. Haven't been on the show for a while. For a while there, they were kind of like lurking in the shadows, but... <laughs> And what's weird, too, with AGI is we don't get the green dots besides things like the album set. So I yeah, actually had to go through the list and, and, you know, pick them out. God, it's a good thing you remember stuff like that. Yeah, sure, well, the pictures, just the images, it's easy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so Al Album Graphics, Inc. Uh, started by Donald Kosturka Kost in 1968. Uh, 204 visual credits and on the show at least four times with Rod Stewart and Faces Coast to Coast Live. Fleetwood Mac, Fleetwood Mac, Marshall Tucker's band, Long Hard Ride, Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes, and the Jukes. So that was just a quick spin through that I picked up. And Henry, American folk uh, musician and photog, with 445 credits. He's been on the show before with CSNY's Deja Vu, um, Eagles, Eagles, Dan Fogelberg's Captured Angel, and Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers' Hard Promises. Yeah, I agree. Crazy. Okay, that's it. I'm good. All right, Discogs, four for sale from $3.99. Three it's rated 3.33 out of 5 by three people. Uh, there's no resale values available because other than the four that are sale for sale on the platform no, now, no they've never sold one. Which I have to say is a little bit surprising. I thought for sure, I had a feeling this one might go for a little more obscure kind of one. I thought it was going to totally. be but nothing, nope. Yeah. So, uh, what'd you give it? I gave it two and a half out of five. Yeah, well, I gave it two. Oh, you know what? Put me down for two and a half as well. I, I agree. If you're into this kind of music, I'd probably give it a four. Yeah, definitely. Um, It wasn't that bad. I just don't like it. Like, I wouldn't add the song. But, yeah, it's, if you're into it, give it a, I swear, give it a check. You'll probably like it. Yeah, I would never listen to this album again, no. and I wouldn't seek anything out similar. But it wasn't bad, so hence, no. the, hence the 2.5, exactly. and, and that's what I was kind of thinking about as well. So. Exactly. Okay, cool. Fasar down. Fasar down. All right, last but not least, Marianne Faithful, Broken English. This is our second Marianne Faithful album. Yeah, going backwards chronologically. The other we did was called Dangerous Acquisitions um, from 1981. And it's on episode 108 on our anchor. Uh, acqu acquaintances. Dangerous acquaintances. What did I say? Acquisitions. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like a corporate album. <laughs> Dang dangerous acquisi acquisitions. 
Well, who knows? Yeah, maybe. I'm sure she acquired something last yeah. week. So, Marianne Faithful is an English singer and actress. Uh, she achieved popularity in the 60s and became one of the lead female artists during the British invasion. She was discovered at a Rolling Stone party in 1964 and had a highly publicized romantic relationship with Mick Jagger from 1966 to 1970. Broken English was her seventh studio album released in 19, November of 1979. The album marked a major comeback for her after years of drug abuse, homelessness, and suffering from anorexia. Mm-hmm. It's often regarded as her definitive recording, um, and she herself describes it as her masterpiece. The album received critical acclaim. It peaked at number 82 on Billboard and gave her her first Grammy nomination for Best Female Rock Performance. Yeah. It reached 19, It reached number 57 in the UK and entered the top five in Germany, France, and New Zealand. It was certified platinum in Germany and France and sold over a million copies worldwide. Two singles were released from the album, The Ballad of Lucy Jordan. And it went to number 48 in mm-hmm. the UK and Broken English. I couldn't find any reference to what the charting position was okay. for that. Uh, the album was included on NME's, MME Magazine's list of 500 greatest albums of all time yep. and in the book of 1001 albums you must hear before you die producer mark miller monday 49 producing credits to his name mm-hmm. he also did danger dangerous acquaintances <laughs> and steve winwood um also played on this album on this album yeah he was and yeah, was... he's another um this, this mark miller monday produced a bunch of Stephen Wood stuff, yeah. Okay. So track listing, Side Mm -hmm. A, Broken English, Witch's Song, Brain Drain, Guilt, Side B, Ballad of Lucy Jordan, What's the Hurry, Working Class Hero, Why'd You Do It, Runtime, 36 minutes and 25 seconds. Uh, For context, the before album was Dreaming My Dreams, 1976, and the after album was Dangerous, Aquas... Acquaintances <laughs> in 1981. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, like I said before, I was saying this before. We we heard the the aftermath, the first one after when her voice was all trashed and stuff. She's but coming back. Her voice is trashed here too. Not like it is in the other one. Yeah, this one was much, much, much more enjoyable. Yeah, like a lot, um, a lot more enjoyable. The other one was like listening to a cat fight out near yeah no backyard it, it was and and not just that it wasn't as it didn't seem to be as well produced either this wouldn't sound actually sounded real sounded good yeah and uh it's like yeah i, I agree it's a very good electronic rock pop album there's a very, very a lot of chill electronic stuff in here which really was kind of, kind of surprising to me and it had a pretty decent mix to go with it yeah and we have listened to we like after we reviewed the last album in um, were just so horrified how, by how badly her voice had been yeah, yeah. Uh, trashed. We actually went back, and it was from her, like, only her heroin addiction, her anorexia, mm-hmm. like, all of this stuff played into her voice being gone. We actually went back and listened to uh, stuff from the 60s. Yes. And totally different. <laughs> yeah, a great big, huge difference in the sound of her voice. Totally, yeah. But having said that, this one was not a bad album at all. No, no. It, it's 
pretty good. I know three songs off the top, uh, obviously Broken English, The Ballad of Lucy Jordan, and I really think that Why'd You Do It is a really good song. It's uh, it's, it's got some crazy lyrics in there. Which I think you put that one, put that one on our playlist. Our list, you? it is, yeah. yes. And um, I think it showcases kind of like the best of everything on this album because it's got a little bit more of like a punk feel to it. Yeah. And it really, I think, kind of allows her to use her voice in, in a better way than some of the other songs. Allow the to kind of use that rugged, ruggedness, ruggedness of her voice, I guess, yeah. or the just the wear and tear. So yeah, I really like I like <laughs> the that gravelly, one. the gravelly voice that she's got now. Yeah, it, it it really showcased it much better than Dangerous Acquaintances. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and uh, yeah, it just like just works out better. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It was just. We listened to it a couple of times, and it's like, oh, yeah, this is definitely a better experience, and there's some, some enjoyable, couple of enjoyable songs. Yeah, and I, t- I totally understand why it was so critically acclaimed at the time. Yeah. I, I never listened to it back in the day. Um, I knew who Marianne Faithful was yeah. because of the things she did in the 60s and 70s. But, um, yeah, it, it was not a bad album. Now, I'll, put, I'll give a show to people on there. There is a version on Spotify, the deluxe edition, and it's got both the the newer remastered version that where they've actually shortened it down and chunked out like two minutes of, like and why'd you do it? They chunked out almost two minutes of the song, and it's, it's much shorter. So they also have the original vinyl version that I have we have here. Listen to that one instead. I prefer the I prefer the songs, the length of the songs, and I prefer the sound mix on the original version to the remastered. The remastered sounds. Too clean and the vocals is too, are too centered. Everything seems more centered in the. I don't. I don't like it as much as the, the original mix is a little more wide and right. yeah, a little more full and open. So yeah, both both versions are on there, and I prefer, like I said, the versions of those songs too, the longer versions, of the original versions. So. Well, it's funny because this is the second album in a matter of weeks that we've. They've you know, sh- run across remastering and. Well, they remastering and they've got they chunked out like. Yeah, and chunked out music. The yeah. other one was. Uh, Man from Ben, the Earth Band. Yeah, yeah, the Africa. Africa? Yeah. Uh, uh, somewhere in Africa, yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> um, I guess it's me then. Yeah. Bro- Broken English, Marianne Faithful. Island Records Catalog, ILPS-9570, Canada, 1979. Uh, original pressing. Uh, the condition of the cover, I have it fair on its way to pour. It's ripped, it's faded, it's flimsy, it's got a chunk out here. Uh, the sleeve is plain paper. It's fine. The vinyl's actually very good. It's a little bit dirty, but the vinyl itself wasn't very good. It sounded good. I have <clears throat> I revisited again because I, I had originally written that the audio was just okay and it was close to typical 80s, but going back and listening to the vinyl mix again, that uh, no, I, I actually think I give it a bit better. Uh, I think the audio mix is good, or good to very good on here. Um, the new version, the the remastered version, I think, kind of actually does a disservice to it. Uh, cover photography by Dennis Morris. Dennis is an art, art director, musician, and photog with 163 credits to his name. This is the first time on the show, and it always surprises me when we get first times on the show at this stage. Yeah. Uh, other cre- credits include Bob Marley, uh, Aswad, who you vocal to, XTC, and Skids. Um, Aswad, just that's a space reference. Because remember, Daisy is doing a thing. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was a good joke. <laughs> nobody else, no one, even you don't care and you get it. And nobody out there is going to care about no, that No, no, I was just, uh, tr- I was just calculating how many albums we've done. Enough. A lot. Cal- yeah, calculate, cal- 
calculate slow time. <laughs> We're doing the show here. Calculating time's over. And I'm done. That's it for me. Yeah. There, there really wasn't much of anything on this one. Yeah, I agree. Um, so Discogs, 34 for sale from $2.69. It gets rated 3.92 out of 5 with 106 people rating. Resale value is $1.98. $7.90 and eleven dollars and fifty two cents. The vinyl's vinyl's in good shape. The cover's the not. Covers, wrong. yeah, trashed, ripped. Well, I gave it a three. I gave it a three as well. Yeah, it was uh, not too bad, and a couple of songs in there, and yeah, it's fine. It's good. Yeah, I, I'm really happy that after that last uh, Marianne Faithful, I was wondering what all the fuss was about, but now yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> now doing all of the research and you know, kind of seeing what she's been through in her life and. Well, just the the music. Like I, we did, like you said, we didn't like the other one, but this one is like okay, kind of, we get it now. Yeah. This good album. I'm happy to see her on have, board. have a hit. Anything you want to wrap up with? Uh, best out of three. That's pretty obvious. Yeah, pretty yeah. Metal is definitely for is metal. The, yeah, let's the best of three for this episode. Uh, um, I was gonna I was gonna fuck with you and say Vassar, but that would, no one would believe that. No. So. Not after that scathing. No. Scathing. <laughs> hate film. <laughs> hate, hate explicitly. Yeah. Never mind. Anyways, anything you want to wrap up with? Uh, not that I can think of. Okay. Thanks for listening. Oh, it's going to do the thing again. Yep, open the calendar. Okay. There we go. Anyways, thank you for listening. Bye. Bye. Oh, thank you. <laughs>